I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, the Holy, and I believe in God the Holy Spirit, one God, three in one. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, on this uh, wonderful day that the church has uh, set aside to, to remember and to ponder and to understand uh, the triune God, it is a concept that is quite difficult and complicated for us to grasp in our human understanding. And so we pray that even in a day like this today, that as I preach and as we hear your word, that your spirit will be our teacher and our guide and grant us understanding of who you are. But we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, welcome to you who are watching here online here at St. Barnabas Church on this Trinity Sunday morning. And we greet you all in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the Holy Trinity is something that we all believe in. But we pray uh, and we, we believe in the Trinity and we always pray to the Trinity that hopefully no one would question us about the Trinity. Some people feel that it is an irrelevant uh, doctrine or an unnecessary doctrine that, is, uh, that only complicates uh, our belief in the one God. But is the Trinity irrelevant? Can we live without it? Is it essential to our faith? And I hope these are some of the questions that we can answer uh, this morning. There are many false understanding of who God is, and, and that's why uh, the church met together, uh, 300 uh, ascended into heaven, and they, they said, let's uh, there's so many different uh, understanding of who God is. Let's look at the Bible and let's see and, and, and understand this doctrine of, of the Trinity. One of the false views of, of the Trinity that people had, and some still have, is that the Trinity means that we have one God in three different forms. One God in three different forms. And that's uh, what... Uh, Theologians will call the uh, the modalism. That was an ancient heresy. See, when you depart from your understanding of who the real God is, it becomes a heresy. And an early heresy was this: the heresy of modality, that God appears in three different models or three different forms, and um, it's like an actor, one actor putting on three different masks and playing three different parts. The Father is the Son, or the Son is the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit is the Father. And this was rejected by the early church because this view denies that there are actually really three distinct and separate persons in the Godhead. It's not one actor playing three parts. It's not a modality, but it is God in three distinct persons. And we see that in the Old Testament, in many, many places, the Hebrew word Elohim is a plural word for God. 
It's not the singular word. And so you read through Genesis and in different parts of the Old Testament, the plural noun for God is used. And, and the members of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are clearly distinguished from one another throughout scriptures. And here, I just put just three verses, but of true, throughout the Bible, you will see that they are three separate entities. God the Father, of course, is, is the one that is talked about in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. He is God the Father. As First Peter chapter 1 would say, He's the God the Father who knew you and chose you long ago. In the Old Testament, the word God is a capitalized L-O-R-D in your Bibles. And the word for Jesus is the small Lord, L-O-R-D. And so the three distinct persons as shown in our Bibles. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus is known as separate from God the Father, from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Separate. God is separate. Jesus, the Son, is separate. And then the Holy Spirit is also a distinct person. Jesus speaks to the Father about sending a helper, the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, I will come myself, or he didn't ask God to come. And he says, the helper is a distinct person. And I say person because many people would like to believe that the Holy Spirit is a, is a power or a force of God. No, the Bible uses, uh, in the Greek, it's a masculine singular pronoun. It's a he. It's not a neuter pronoun that is used. So it's a he. He bears witness. He teaches. He intercedes. So the Holy Spirit is not just a power, not uh, just a force, but he's a distinct person. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this, of course, is best illustrated in the baptism of Jesus Christ, when all three distinct persons are seen or heard. The voice of God from heaven, the voice of the Father, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son. Christ Jesus, the Son, being baptized, and of course, the Holy Spirit as a dove flowing on, on top of him, above him. Now, the second uh, popular uh, misunderstanding or wrong view of the Trinity is that Jesus is inferior to God the Father. And there are people there who believe that Jesus is not God at all. Like, he never existed from eternity to eternity. He was something that God created later on. And this is a, the, the, the heresy is called the Arian heresy. And it's also what uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses also believe, that God, uh, Jesus, the, the third, uh, second part of the Trinity, is, is not divine, but made an image of, 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 of God the Father. But the Trinity tells us that each person is fully God. The Father is fully God, Jesus the Son is fully God, and Jesus and God, the, the God, the Holy Spirit, is fully God. God the Father is clearly God, as we see in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, it clearly affirms the full deity of Christ, the passage we just read. Other passages in John chapter 20, 28, when, remember when Thomas saw Jesus after his resurrection and put his hands on Jesus' uh, 
hands and he said, Thomas said, you are my God and my Lord. My Lord and my God. Now, if Jesus wasn't God, he would have rebuked Thomas right there and then. But he didn't. And then I like this verse from Isaiah that I wrote here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The what? The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Surely, God the Father is clearly God. God the Son is clearly God. And God the Holy Spirit is also fully God. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. Three distinct persons and each person fully God. You know, when Jesus left the earth, he says, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Reverend Viji. No, he didn't say that because I'm not elevated to the status of God. And he didn't say any other name but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is classified as an equal level with the Father and with the Son. Remember when uh, Ananias wanted to cheat the church in, in, in Acts chapter 5 and he didn't bring the whole amount of his, the sale of his land. Uh, Peter would, would tell him that Satan has filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Ananias, you have not lied to men but God, Peter was equating lying to the Holy Spirit as lying to God. And you can see many other passages in the Bible that talk about the Holy Spirit being God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, uh, 6, chapter 3, verse 16, your body is the temple. Who lives in the temple? God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, Although we said just now that the Trinity means one God in three forms and they're all equal and there's no being inferior, there is, let me tell you that, a difference in their roles and in their difference in their functions. They're all equal, they're all fully God, 100%, but their roles and their functions are different. That's what the Bible says. For example, in the work of creation, the designer of the creation is God the Father. He spoke the creative words to bring the universe into being. Genesis. God the Son is the agent of creation. He carried out the word of God. In fact, he is, he is, the, he is the creator word. All things were made through him. John chapter 1 says that. And without him was not anything made. Without Jesus Christ, the, the word of God was not anything made that was made. Paul would say in Colossians, in Jesus, in Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth. So God the Father is the designer of creation, God the Son is the agent of creation, and God the Holy Spirit is the sustainer of creation. He manifested the presence of God all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 2. And Psalm 33, verse 6, tells us the same thing. The Holy Spirit sustains us 
revives us, regenerates us to live in this creation of God. Not only is it in the work of creation that we see different roles and functions, we also see different roles and functions in the work of redemption, in the work of redemption. In this morning's reading from John chapter 3, we can see all these three roles. God the Father planned redemption and sent his son Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. See, God the Father did not die for our sins, nor did, nor did God the Holy Spirit. This was the role and the function of God the Son. God the Son obeyed the Father and accomplished redemption for us, as seen in John chapter 6, verse 38. And then finally, it is God the Holy Spirit who was sent by the Father and by the Son to apply the work of redemption in us, the work of being sanctified, uh, ongoing sanctification in us, regeneration. I like a, a little, somebody sent me a little picture on WhatsApp recently. It says, uh, Christmas was God with us. That's Jesus. Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. But Easter was God for us because it was God the Father that gave the power of Jesus to rise up from the dead. So Christmas was God with us, Easter was God for us, and Pentecost, that we just celebrated uh, last week, is God in us, God in us, the triune spirit. So we see different roles and different functions of the Trinity. Now the third false view that is very popular, and this is popular among the Jews, among the Muslims and among the Jehovah's Witnesses, again, is that Christians believe in three gods. What we, what, when we talk about Trinity, we're talking about three gods. They, they all say one plus one plus one equals three. How can you say you only worship one God? But who says we have to add it, right? If one times one times one times one is also equal to one. But it is not all about equations and numbers. The Bible says, Everywhere it affirms the unity of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Paul would go on to say, there is only one God. So friends, God is three distinct persons. Each person is fully God and there is only one God. If you go anywhere out of this, your faith is skewed. You are um, denying the doctrine of, of, of the scriptures that we affirm, that we say every Sunday in the words of the Nicene Creed. <clears throat> so why did our God have to be a Trinitarian God? Why couldn't just God come by himself and do all the work? Or, or why couldn't our God be a Quadnitarian God? or a Pentatarian God. Why did he limit himself to three people? Because with three people, he could do everything he wanted to do. And there was a role and a responsibility for everything. It tells us that our God is a systematic God. Our God is an organized God. Our God has planned something that even our human minds cannot comprehend. It is, it, it is hard to try to explain the Trinity to people. A great Christian theologian, Eric Erickson, Millard Erickson, 
said this, the doctrine of the Trinity must be divinely revealed, not humanly constructed. It is so absurd from a human standpoint that no one would have invented it. We do not hold the doctrine of Trinity because it is self-evident or logically cogent. We hold the doctrine of the Trinity because God has revealed that this is what he is like. A person has said, try to explain the Trinity and you'll lose your mind. But try to deny it, you'll lose your soul. If you try to explain the Trinity to someone, you might lose your mind. But try to deny it, you will lose your soul. So friends, what's at stake if we choose to deny this great doctrine of Christ? First of all, our, the whole atonement is at stake, isn't it? If Jesus is merely a created being, think about it, and not fully God. In other words, if Jesus was just a creature, just like us, how could he possibly bear the full wrath of God for our sins? Could any creature, any created thing, no matter how great, really save us? Only God could save us. No created thing. And think about it. If Jesus is not fully God, we would really doubt whether we could trust him. If he was just another creation created by God, could we really trust him? Could we really depend on any creature for our salvation? And think about this. If Jesus is not infinite God, should we even pray to him or worship him? Yet the New Testament commands us to do that. To worship and to pray to Jesus, even in Revelations chapter 5. See, if Jesus was a created being and not fully God, our atonement is at stake. Our worship is at stake. And then God's personal and perfect unity is also at stake. If God is only one person, then he has no ability to love. How can you love if you are a single entity? Who would you have loved from the beginning of creation? Love is the epitome of all virtues. God should not have to depend upon his creation to actualize his capacity to, to love. You cannot say that God made creation, God created creation so that he could love something, which would mean that he's not independent. If God is only one person, then he has no ability to love and no ability to communicate with other persons. So God would have been, so God would have been necessary for him to create the world. But the Trinitarian God, the God that we believe is complete in his love relationship. God the Father loves the Son. And the Son loves the Holy Spirit. And they've been living in that 
harmony in that relationship from the beginning of time. God did not need to create man. And when we say God is love, that is his, that is his attribute, that is his character. If we do not think of God as a relational being in himself, we cannot appreciate the point that we are made to reflect his image in our relationships with one another. And this is the key point of the, of the Trinity that I want to impress upon you this morning. I'll read that again. If we do not think of God as a relational being in himself, we cannot appreciate the point that we have been made to reflect his image in our relationships to one another. And so let me finish with this quote from Paul. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Friends, the Father entrusts all things to the Son, his authority, his power over life, judgment. But the Son will not do anything by himself. He will only do what he sees the Father doing. The Spirit will not speak of himself, nor seek his own glory. His only task is to bring glory to Christ Jesus by taking what belongs to Jesus and showing them to us. And three self-giving, three self-effacing person constitute the amazing God whom we worship. It is this aspect of God's character that we seek to reflect in our own lives and in our own walk as the church of Jesus Christ. Let us bow in prayer. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Father, we thank you for who you are. We may not be understanding. We who have finite minds cannot comprehend the infinite. You are God. We are just humans. But we thank you for the example that you have set in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in that one giving, in that self-giving, self-effacing relationship. And then you have called us to be partakers of that image in our relationships with one another. Impress upon our hearts this next few days the importance and the implications and the magnitude of three God, one God in three persons. Father, continue to bless those of us who are at home. Bless us in this time of the pandemic and watch over all our loved ones. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.